0: To slow and steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I am Benedicta, and I am feeling eager.
1: And I'm Benedict. Today is April twelfth. This is episode number one hundred thirty-five, and I'm feeling excited. What good and feelings? I'm... Yeah, nice. I mean, it's a. <laughs> Usually we're super, super sad and depressed, right?
0: <laughs> it's the sun. It's spring.
1: Definitely. Weather's so much nicer these days. Even though, like last week, or was it the week before, we had snow. And it was more snow than we had all winter. Um, so it was kind of weird. But
0: was that, was that the same week I spent the whole kind of podcast ranting about the snow outside my window? Did it come down to your... Yes yes <laughs> it did
1: like at some point i mean i didn't see it snowing because like we we got up in the morning and opening the, the blinds and was like oh crap <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of white out there what happened?
0: <laughs> but that's interesting because <laughs> hair didn't yeah because hair didn't actually stay it just kind of flurried outside the window so i'm guessing the whole thing just like came down to your end of europe and and dumped itself on, on your doorstep instead of my doorstep.
1: Yeah, apparently, yeah. You're welcome. It, it, it didn't stay for long. Like by by mm-hmm. noon, it was basically gone. Well, still, I mean, we didn't have any snow this year other than on that occasion. So, yeah. But yeah, it was done, a lot of it's fun. been super nice, so.
0: Yeah, no, because I, I don't know if it's me, but I arrived in Minnesota for the MicroConf conference and it snowed. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, and Athens was super cold. So I don't know, like I am not supposed to travel alone because then I just like bring the cold weather with me. But um, it was fun nonetheless, but it was a little strange, like arriving there and there being snow. But as we know, like a lot of Norwegians settled in that region because I guess they traveled all the way to the States and then they decided to find somewhere as cold and as uninhabitable and as like hard to grow stuff as in their own country. And they settled in Minnesota and Utah and surrounding areas.
1: <laughs> They're like, we can do this. We know, we know, how this
0: we know, we know how to do this. I think somebody said like there was a lot of forests and, you know, Norwegians knew how to, to kind of cut down trees and use Use it as a resource, so something like that, and somebody told me, and I kind of know this from like the the my my sc- like elementary school days, I think at some point it was about a third of the Norwegian population left for the United States. so there's more Norwegian descents in um not maybe more, but like there's a lot of <laughs> norwegian descents in in the states um because that's where they ended up, Anywho. Anywho, it's
1: no- Anywho, yeah. Like talking about microconf, I have to ask, how was MicroConf? I'm super jealous that
0: you I mean got, it was you, so you boring. I <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh I was not boring. now It was a ton of fun. Like it was a lot of fun. It was good uh, content I liked a lot of the uh, talks but as always with conferences you know most of the fun is in meeting the people and hanging out and I feel like after these two years and also like a lot of the responsibility that's that's happened to me in the last years family-wise like just going somewhere like completely alone um, I guess I did that to Athens too, but it was more like a quieter trip, but this was like party time. Um, <laughs> and I just had so much fun just like being on my own, meeting people, drinking <laughs> and enjoying myself. And I also managed to stop by a really good friend in New York on both sides of the conference because it was actually an easier easier trip to go through New York um, and then getting myself from the airport on one side of the of New York to the airport on the other side of New York, which none of the like trip advisors would like have as a suggestion because it's a pretty long trek. But my friend lives in between those two. So it was like a perfect she lives in Queens and domestic flights out of New York leave from Queens. So it was like a very good, um, good combination. So just meeting her as well. Um, which like we used to travel to India, we've been um you know traveled quite a few places in the states so just meeting up with her as well from like my young days of (laughs) being independent and um all of that was just like a really fun time i must say and after these i guess i've been traveling for four weeks on and off now and you asked me like will you get tired and I am tired physically and, but I'm getting not too bad on the jet lag actually but mentally not tired so much fun <laughs> um just have to realize that I'm more extroverted than I've ever um wanted to admit cuz I do like to spend my like I like to just lay on the couch and like read a book and and stuff like that for for hours but I was I was obviously hungry for some <laughs> some some party time and some people and just meeting interesting people and talking and, and enjoying myself. So, so that was good. And, and since I know you, I get instant respect. <laughs> I guess people respect me on my own as well, but they're like, Oh, you're, you know, Oh, you have that podcast with Benedict and Benedict. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> that's like basically the same name. Um, and also I talking to people for a little while and they did that connection. It, either right away, but also sometimes after a little while. It's like, oh, that's why I know your voice. Like, I knew there was something (laughs) familiar with your voice. So I did meet, you know, quite a few listeners and even got to dance or do Dance Dance Revolution with um, Adam, was it Adam McRae? Was that what we, I think was his last name? And uh, he's got a product that you use, some kind of Rails product. I'm not a Rails person, so, but maybe you want to, what what what's the product again? Uh, it, it's Rails right. Right,
1: Autoscale, and um, he's also starting a new one, like more like framework independent, called Judo Scale. So oh, he's in the oh. Heroku marketplace with both.
0: Yeah, so that was a lot of um, fun. I've never done Dance Dance revolution before. That that was also a lot of fun. Many firsts, <laughs> um, new. On this microconf, I heard was a new thing. This is my first, so I I wouldn't know, obviously, was on the second day we had choose your own adventure. And you could choose between like a beer tour of the breweries, something like that. Um, But you could also do a trapeze or improv amongst the more kind of adventurous choices. So I decided to do the improv class because it was... I find this weird about myself, and I know people who hear me say that find it weird, but improv is maybe one of the most scariest things I could think to do ever. Um, So scared of improv. Uh, I feel like same scale as when I started streaming. Like I was so scared of streaming. I didn't want to do it, and then I told myself, like, fair, it's not going to be the reason you're not doing it. Started doing it, loved it. Same thing with improv, even though this was very, very gentle introduction to improv, but it was a lot of fun. Learned a ton about myself. Turns out that I have a really hard time saying untrue stuff, even though... That is the point. <laughs> 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 it's like, but, but, but. Like, my brain was just like, but, hmm. So um, I think maybe I want to do more of that. we will see if I can find some classes here in um, Oslo, because I think I can, it will be good for me to be kind of challenged or practice being more open to potentially untrue <laughs> or, <laughs> Uh, or just like being open to things that don't kind of fit in with my own ideas right um so so that was great and after that me and um, a guy called shy we ended up uh, laying down on the floor in like the reception area because i was like oh i saw this video of somebody doing these like fair exercises where you just lay down in the middle of the street to like realize that people don't really care or if they care it's not like why not just do it like it's not it's a unwritten rule that you won't do it but it's, it's but you can like if you want to um and i think somebody afterwards said that that's like a tim ferriss thing he's he has that as a challenge that he has challenged himself and like challenged other people to do and one of the like rules of improv is yes. And so I was telling this to him and he was like, oh, so you want to lay down? And I was like, no, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we like lay down on the floor in the, in that area and everybody coming back from the uh, brewery tour were just like, so was there like a whiskey tour? Like, why <laughs> <you> gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I would have signed up for the whiskey tour, um, <laughs> But that ended up also just being like really nice, and it turns out when you just like lay next to each other and like look up at the at the ceiling, you can get some like really good conversations because you're not looking directly at the person you're talking to. So several people like lay down and we really had some some really good and honest conversations down there on the, on the floor. Um,
1: Wait, what? So you you started a movement basically, like it started with the two of you, and then the end it was more.
0: I think we had two <laughs> or three people kind of visit. So we were nice. laying kind of next to each other, and then somebody would like lay down with their head kind of towards it, but their feet in the other direction. So our heads would be a little triangle, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two or three people visit nice. <laughs> us on the floor. <laughs>
1: hey, maybe that's new tradition. <laughs>
0: um, I, hope, I hope there was a lot of photographers at this conference. So maybe somebody has a photo, like maybe they took a photo of that. I don't know. That would be fun to see because... We were just laying, laying on the floor. It was a, it was nice. It was nice. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, but other than that, I think somebody asked me at the airport, another Adam, like what, what's your takeaway from the conference? And I feel like, and it's not surprising, but it just kind of validates something I've been thinking. And it's like, weirdly, like we're all just human. It sounds so cliche, but it feels like a lot of the, you know, challenges people have and, 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 during some of the dinners, I heard people say, you know, oh, so you still don't feel financially secure, even after kind of all that success. Um, And then the other person was like, yeah, no, it's like, it seems to not go away. And then I told that first person, I was like, well, I don't think that's something you can work yourself out. Like, that is an issue you kind of have to take up with, you know, somebody professional, if you want to get out of that kind of feeling, because you can't like work your way um, or work work your way out of it um and just having those kinds of conversation i was like yeah we're you know they're we're all just kind of people <laughs> struggling yeah. with our you know lives uh having a sass doesn't change that in any way getting acquired doesn't seem to change that in in any way um and Dr. Sherry Walling did a, a really good speech on kind of the messiness of being acquired and all of the psychology kind of that that happens f- to a founder in that situation which is kind of the dream for a lot of people um and it turns out you know several founders will or many founders will then go into like a depressed depression after it happening because their identity is then Like, what what are they without their business, kind of? Um, So a lot of interesting conversations around that. So I do feel all of those conversations, like meeting all these people who do really cool stuff, but they're just people or humans, you know, not that much different from me. I feel like, you know, if I really want to do this, I think I can do this. I think I can make POW like something uh make it a success but then i have to define what is success for me and then also do i want to do it because it's not a magic solution for any of these people like they all have the same problems (laughs) um so i don't know where i'm at with that but that's like my kind of messy takeaways from them from the conference and all the tact like i knew all the tactics like oh you should market more you should talk to your you know users more you should write better onboarding emails and like all of those things kind of things i know and i know kind of where to go with those things but on the higher layer higher level it's like well should this be kind of my work or my legacy or my whatever um well i hope that makes sense to anybody listening <laughs> <That's> <laughs> mean, i know you know. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: So, it's overall you had a good time and I'm I'm super happy about that. I mean, this is one of, I mean, I haven't ever been to the US one. I was planning to, and then COVID happened and uh, eventually got my ticket refunded uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, But overall, like, MicroConf Europe is definitely one of my favorite conferences ever because of just because of the crowd and um, the connections and all the fun we're having at at the conferences. So, I'm glad you had the same experience or at least a similar experience.
0: So very very Yeah, I happy think we both that. talked about like people are very open and eager to help and eager to be open and transparent, I guess. So that's that's different I feel from maybe other conferences or just other social sa- settings. I think a lot of of SAS founders feel lonely because they work on their projects alone, or if they have employees, you know, that's their employees. So they can't kind of talk about their, you know, um, can't find my words, their stuff (laughs) with them. So when you come to the, the conference, like people are very open and transparent about all that is going on and helping each other and getting advice from each other and really it was really easy just to approach people and become part of the gang. Uh, I started the whole thing with not getting to the reception because I was um, stuck on LaGuardia in New York for three hours because of a storm. And I came in really late and I thought, okay, I could just like hang out in my room, but I was really eager to start meeting people. So, and I'm just so happy I'm at an age and like, I don't know, stage in my life where I just do these things. So I just went down to the bar, We'd had my glasses and kind of like walked quite close to people to see if they had any like microconf <laughs> like logos happening so I found some people that were just like microconf and they were like yes and you know 15 minutes later I was le- eating somebody's leftover taco and all was good because <laughs> the kitchen had closed so <laughs>
1: uh, I had it when you're too late for the kitchen so
0: <laughs> yeah so- so, yeah, a very open and fun crowd. Yes. Nice. So, I guess over to the business side of things.
1: Yeah, what else happened in the last one and a half weeks or so since we talked?
0: I don't know. London, <laughs> Athens, Minneapolis, New York. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> but... I also have been able to keep up with my, um, you know, Gatsby emails, which I feel, again, I feel like this system approach to things really work for me. So even if I was like, you know, at MicroConf, I got like a half an hour, an hour in the hotel room. I got my email written. Like I just, I did it every day because uh, that's kind of my system. And I feel like that I need to get now that that, is, that engine, as we talked about, is really working, I need to set up these kinds of systems for POW as well, where I like have something that kind of have a system that that helps me kind of keep progressing with POW and keep doing stuff on POW because mm-hmm. it's really working for my queen stuff, which is a little easier like mentally because it's very contained and, and stuff like that. But I think I can use some of that learnings through systems and applying that to POW after Easter um, so I did all my emails. I didn't stream because I was on a intercontinental pl- airplane uh, on my regular streaming hour. Or actually, I was four hours on the tarmac in New York without food um, when I was supposed to stream. <laughs> Uh, So, I would rather have streamed. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I got all of that done, and then I have decided, this is Easter vacation in Norway, school is out, so I'm doing this podcast, but other than that, I'm not doing any of the emails or streams or anything like that for school vacation that's kind of the rule that i've created for myself so i don't have to like hustle and get the email done while i'm supposed to like have family time um so yeah that that is on the systems and then i realized and i don't know when i think maybe we talked about that the last time but sometime um in these weeks i realized that the focus for queen ray in addition to like of course gatsby is gatsby plugins so hopefully, I'll get a course out this summer on how to create your own Gatsby, specifically source plugins. Um, if I, I think there's several ideas, but I'm if I can like make a paid plugin, so uh, developers that need a specific, you know, feature set can um, download and use my uh, my plugin that I can then charge for in some way. But I want to come up with something that is super laser focused. I don't want it to be too big. So I'm not gonna force it. I'm gonna like keep it, keep it, you know, in the back of my mind. and see where I can like find something that people would be willing to pay for as a plugin, and then also um, done for you plugins. Like we've talked about that that either uh, agencies that need help with more advanced features can uh, come to us for a plugin that solves that issue, but also for SASs that already have or want to have plugins for Gatsby, and then outsource kind of that work to us instead of having somebody in-house do it that don't have the expertise. Because I've been looking around on a lot of the source plugins and they are not doing best practices. (laughs) Like there's a lot of like hacky ways and solutions that will come that will probably like as new updates are coming and things get deprecated, like they will feel the pain of not doing it the Gatsby way. And also thinking about then asking maintainers that I find that I have popular plugins or work in-house into a Slack or something, community of some kind, where we can, like, help each other out making better plugins. And I think that Gatsby will be very positive to something, like, initiatives like that, because they end up spending a lot of time, I think, helping out, you know... um, Other products and services making their plugins good because otherwise Gatsby look bad you know when the plugins are bad Gatsby Mm -hmm. look bad even though Gatsby haven't made them (laughs) Um, yeah so if if they have somebody they can oh go you know go talk to them go pay them instead of paying Gatsby because I mean Gatsby isn't a consultancy they're a you know or a service provider they're supposed to gatsby anyway so that is my thoughts on queen ray so and also i met um adam culvert culvert of Bullet train i think in athens he was also at microconf and i've been thinking about doing a SAS starter for gatsby and he was like don't do that do plugins <laughs> so i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't want to do it all you you want to focus your plugins so i was like okay i'll do that and he just opened he just doesn't want the competition
1: starter.
0: i don't know he just open sourced his whole um, I, know, starter. Yeah. Just,
1: I was just joking. I, yeah, I think he has like experience building this for the last couple of years, so mm-hmm. maybe he knows all the pain by now and uh wants to, wants you to shield, uh, wants to shield you from it,
0: yes. <laughs> And also, if I don't want it to be like my whole existence, kind of like, you yeah. know, and I, it's better than to have some very specific plugins if I can like find those pains. And I think talking to more plugin maintainers and more of people in the, in the community, then I might find these little like specific pain points that I, that people would be willing to, to pay for. Right. So in that yeah. work, I've been picking up an old plugin, which is my uh, Remark O-Embed plugin, which means it takes all of the... L- all of links that are on its own kind of line, separate line inside of Markdown. And then it will fetch the um, embed version of that link. So Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo, Spotify, all of those that comply with the OEmbed standard, a really old, but magnificent standard, everyone, go check out the OEmbed Indeed. standard. We don't want to mess up with the OMBED standard, So more people need to use it, but, um, and I did that, it was my first Gatsby project. I did it in like 2018. Can you think, like that is a long time ago. Uh, yeah. I think it was the fall of 2018. I couldn't release it in two th- until 2019 because of a bug in Gatsby. This is like Gatsby two something, or was it one? I don't remember, but anyway, it's been there. It's been like my, I had a little bit of a bad conscience cause it's like one of my f- first node code ever it's it's not great just let's put it there. it's like it's not it's, it's not great um and then i decided okay let's pick it up because now i know a lot more i will probably be able to fix this quite fast it will be a fun easter project i know i'm supposed to be on vacay but i mean a little bit of recreational, recreational coding, coding. That's coding <laughs> you know um and while i was doing that i looked at the stats and in January it jumped from 500 installs a week to 3000 installs a week.
1: Wow. That's a lot. I have
0: n- I have no idea what happened in January. Like has npm is there bots downloading npm packages like I I don't know, but at least it's jumped. And I think some of that is like real growth. So it feels like it's being April, like this is a good time to work on it since it's obviously become quite popular, I think. Um, so that will be like, fun to just like do the yeah refactor and just make code nice. I don't know, I feel good when I do that. It's good recreational coding, <laughs> taking something and cleaning it up. And it almost feels yeah. like I'm cleaning up somebody else's mess because it's like 2018 Benedicta. So <laughs> Uh, I can just pretend she's somebody else. She wasn't a queen then, you know, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like has a saying that like code you wrote a month ago is basically code written by someone else because you don't remember anything about it.
0: <laughs> and I'm like going in there, like adding comments, right? Because I was like, why did I do it this way? And it's like, okay, I'll write a comment now that I understand it. So future benedicta I don't have to go through the same kind of what did i think about when i did that mm-hmm, anyway mm-hmm. yeah i'll try to wrap up i don't know how long i've been talking now but um so lastly then pow which is why i was at microconf i mean i guess i could get make some kind of gatsby sass hmm anyway <laughs> but the reason i was at microconf was probably you know it was pow not probably it was pow um, and i managed to talk to the women there uh, you know not that many so i managed to <laughs> all talk five to of, them? of them all <laughs> <laughs> well, five of them um and like talking through a little bit like my ideas around pow and for the people who are new pow is the privacy first menstrual cycle journal um and i called it a journal after reading april dunford's book and april dunford was at microconf doing a talk and for the first time in my life, I was so starstruck, I couldn't say anything. Like, I was standing in her, like, circle, and, like, nothing came out. I was just like, hey, <laughs> great talk. <laughs> that is That was all I had. Um, <laughs> that, that was all. But anyway, I called it a journal because it's UI-wise. It's more of a journal, less like a tracker where you just, like, click buttons. Anyway, talking to these 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 ladies, um I mentioned planning around the cycle using the cycle more to your like strength or like look at the strengths, like how can you use it for good. Um blah blah getting the data out of the app. I think I mentioned that on the on the, um podcast before like getting the other apps, you know, share your data with third parties often, but they don't let you get the data back. Into or like funnel the data into something else. So, what I mentioned, getting kind of your cycle back into, for instance, GCAL so that you could like look, plan your weeks going forward and have kind of a little bit of that cycle data um, overlaid on your calendar. Maybe like secret, maybe it's your own emojis, maybe your own colors, something like that, but you could have that in your calendar a lot of the people like perked up before because first they were like, "Mm, I don't really care about this stuff. And then when I like talked about that, like, so maybe you don't book, you know, book your talk for that week, maybe you want to do the talk another week, stuff like that. They were like, Oh, yeah. And then like, I got a lot of, you know, kind of gut reactions that were very positive to the whole kind of getting this data back and like being able to use this information, not just like, symptoms and like on that day you're going to bleed but like actually using the whole kind of um cycle information f- to kind of level up your planning which i found what's the word con no correct? no con i can't why can't this is the problem with not being a native speaker and having a podcast like... <laughs> um like they it felt like I'm onto something, I guess. Like they were like...
1: <laughs> the um, yes, yeah. just describe it with other words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> describe it with other words. And someone even referenced one of our older podcast episodes saying like, oh yeah, remember you talking about your friend who like really loved to sell in certain parts of her cycles. And I found that like super interesting. And I would like more information like of, about that. And um, so there's something I think like that is kind of the direction that I need to go in. But saying that, that is not an easy direction to go in. Like this is, I was talking to some SAS, you know, SAS founders where technically their SAS are not that hard. But like here, we're talking, you know, you gotta analyze the cycle statistically f- into the future. I have to make like iCalendar subscriptions. What if things change? I have to do it all in the browser when things are unencrypted. Like I'm not making the easy e- easy for myself. But like we talked to with Steve, is like sometimes that's why nobody has done it. And maybe it's worth actually doing it. Like if people actually want, want this kind of features, it could be, um, it could be worth yeah. doing, even though it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Just like That's it for me today.
1: <laughs> let, me, let, me, brain. <laughs> let me follow up with a question there. Um, <laughs> Uh, like i can see how this would be useful but i think you're making it harder for yourself by trying to do all of it in the browser and being like super strict about encrypting everything
0: oh yeah and i'm Absolutely. And i'm kind of
1: wondering <laughs> if you should d- ditch that idea <sighs>
0: Oh, and just do it like all the others, but do the planning that they don't have. But security yes. wise, do it like the other ones are doing it.
1: Yes, I mean probably. I mean you probably have to at least. I mean you're running it on Firebase right now, right? If I'm No, use,
0: user base, but I have user to. User base. If, yeah.
1: So maybe, Which, maybe change it to well something. More trusted, or whatever I don't know. Um, but like the the thing I'd like to challenge is like how many of your customers and potential customers actually care about the uh, it's encrypted in your browser, and like nobody ever sees it part
0: that is true. That's a good It's a good question. It's a valid question. Um, and I know that's I know that some of the customers are on there are specifically there for the privacy privacy thing because that's basically what i've been using as a differentiator at you know as of now um so i know some of them are on there for that i also know some have canceled because they're like i need to reset my password and it's not worth it um so there's definitely both um and i mean the the
1: underlying value proposition of like uh, privacy first and stuff like that that hasn't that that doesn't need to go away. I mean, you can still be like, yes, we're storing that data on our system, but we're still encrypting it, so nobody but us can work with that, mm. and we're no, never going to sell it. And it like it's still all of it is still kind of can still be kind of true. And I feel like there's only a small percentage of users who actually care about that. It's I care. <laughs>
0: I care. I
1: I know, but I mean, like all of the stuff you just described of of potential stuff you want to do, it feels like some of it sounds near impossible to do just in the browser without ever having access. Like analyzing the stuff on a recurring basis and generating icon feeds. Like if the data isn't encrypted in your database, that would be relatively easy. But having it encrypted makes it so much harder.
0: <laughs> so much harder.
1: <laughs> For a good reason. Because it's not supposed to be analyzed and everything. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like wanted to place that seed in your mind of like maybe maybe there's another way.
0: I have also thought about doing it that you kind of select your privacy level. So if you want the highest privacy level where everything is end to end encrypted, like your feature set will be um, restricted, like there will be things that you then are not able to do and then maybe have like a, yeah, like three settings or something like super secret and just secret and then. Like regular, regular app um, or something like that to to like give people the the option. But then again, that also complicates things because then you'll have two different types of customers and um, all kinds of of stuff. And then also, I'm also thinking about like challenging the whole like journaling thing because if I if I just kind of copied basically what the others are doing, like UI wise, with with how they um, store symptoms, but then give that whole kind of planning, like taking the data out, like letting you have that iCal, notifications, maybe also focusing on sharing with a partner, like making this more of a, like, let's use this information, you know, let's use it for good instead of just saying that it's private and it's scary and it's taboo and stuff like that. Um then that could be like enough of a differentiator uh, that I don't have to like differentiate on everything, right? Which is um, absolutely a um, a thought or uh, something I need to think about. Um, but I also yeah. thought about if I could take some of these because I do have an idea of how to kind of create icals and um, and stream or icals without like even if it's end-to-end encrypted, because I'm getting more and more kind of comfortable with encryption, I've been playing more and more with encryption and like how I can do this in a way that could work. And I think I will need to take the encryption then in-house and like have more ownership of the data model and be able to make like re- re- relational database and stuff that I don't have in the user base. Um, but then I thought about kind of on, again, from like Steve, like taking one feature, um and making like a little side app so i was thinking like oh i can make like private reminders which is you go in you like add a reminder for sometime in the future but it's end-to-end encrypted uh, and then you just get a notification and then you have to go into the app to actually see what you wrote to yourself as that reminder and if i could if i can do that then i can also do it for my app but then it could be like i can play with it and like look at a possible solution in a much more smaller contained kind of feature way. And I could not even like have that as something that I try to sell, but more just as an open source project, like I'm playing and trying to figure this out. Um, And I think if I do it that way, it will also, it will be easier for me because at the moment, which you know, when you already have customers and you go into your code base, you're like, oh my God, what if I break it for everyone? What if I, (laughs) there's like so many things to think about, but if I can like play with these features, Outside and then see if I can make it work, and then take them inside. I think that would be um, that would be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and also just give myself like if I can get um, get people paying for done for you plugins, like I have more time. I will like I don't have to rush this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you for the challenge. Thank you for the challenge. Yeah, I, I mean,
1: I, um, I like privacy, and I like, I like encryption, but I feel like you and me, we're probably in the super small minority of people that actually care about stuff like this. Like, when it comes to people yeah. making purchasing decisions, I feel like encryption is, like, I mean, for some, it's probably t- number one on the list, but, like, for most, it's, like, not even on the list. <laughs>
0: I don't think like they don't even know what encryption is. And that is why the whole thing about not having password recovery and stuff like that is really hard. Like they want the pri- they want the premise kind of privacy first. They they want that. Like they realize that, okay, this is important. But then, you know, a consumer doesn't really understand the trade-off. Like, okay, so if you get that, then you don't get these things. <laughs> you don't get yeah, you know. And, and,
1: um, and I think the, the the thing where it gets interesting, or where yeah, where it actually makes a difference is like or it doesn't make a difference is they still have to trust you. Like even with the current oh, yeah. implementation, they still have to trust you that you are capable of implementing this correctly and not messing mm-hmm. it up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So by extension, if they already have to trust you, they can already trust or also trust you with just like storing their data unencrypted uh in your database and not sharing it and just like being responsible with that data.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. Just a thought. <laughs>
0: but then we're back to the like, how bad do I want the SaaS? <laughs> like, but why? Like, I mean, yeah, why do I want? Are you,
1: are you saying? Are you saying that you just want to play around with encryption?
0: I'm saying I want to play <laughs> around with technology. Yes. <laughs>
1: Well, then maybe uh, play around with, um, like, uh, analyzing large data sets and coming up with predictions, <laughs> because that would be useful in that
0: case. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it would be. Yes, it would be. Um, yeah. And I do know that sometimes I'm, like, definitely not good at, like, taking the easy path. Like, I do – I make uh, it harder. because we are, we
1: are engineers because we love – Solving hard problems. I mean, I'm guilty of that as well. Like sometimes the easiest path isn't the n- n- nice looking one that actually has an interesting challenge in there. You kind of want to solve the hard problems, right?
0: Yeah, and then it's what hard problem you want to solve. Because definitely with pow, I mean, I could take an easier technical, like back end path or like. Not backend, like I'm not doing the backend myself, but I should do. Like if I really want to go down the privacy path, I need to take it in house. But, um, but there are a lot of like UI challenges, and there's a lot of these kind of um, yeah, jump to be done challenges, and a lot more of those. But they're not coding challenges, right? They're more like understanding the customer challenges and all of those things that. Um, we are supposed to do more of as SaaS founders. (laughs) That's the other
1: part. Like, There's a lot of challenges in all of this that are not related to code. (laughs)
0: Um, And then maybe that's the challenges that are also worth spending time on and hard challenges that should be, um, should spend more time on. Oh boy. Or can just like quit everything, get a (laughs) high-paying tech job, <laughs> and yeah travel the world
1: that's definitely also an option i mean brian tried all of it and he seemed happy enough uh, when we last talked to uh, talk to him so
0: he does that's new hmm i don't think i don't know this freedom it's addictive Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I like, love how you just paused there.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, sometimes I think I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast already. It's like we always say that we're doing this because of the freedom. Um, and especially I, like, I myself noticed that while I value the freedom, I'm not really making use of it much like I'm still working nine to five, more or less 40 hours a week, Mondays to Friday. And then yes, I'm taking the weekends off and doing fun stuff on the weekends, but it's not like that. I often just take a day off in the middle of the week or just like leave on a vacation without actually planning for it or doing anything remotely spontaneous with my freedom. So sometimes I'm questioning, uh, questioning myself if, Freedom is actually that valuable to me. Well, yes, it is. But also, if you're not using it, what's the point, right? I think you're doing a better job with that.
0: Yeah, maybe you should work on that. Maybe you should YOLO, like YOLO a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Take a day. Maybe Maybe that's your challenge for after Easter. Like once a month, just like be crazy and (laughs) not work one day. you know, hop on a yeah. plane to Oslo and we can <laughs> go do something <laughs> fun. Um, Eat some chocolate. No, I I have thought about that a lot. And I am quite good at using my freedom and sometimes too much because then I don't do anything, right? And then I just wait until I have to do something, um, you know, financially or something, you know, I just have to uh, do something to like get myself out of it. Um, but I've realized that even in times when i don't use the freedom so much i the per, not the perceive but like that it's there like even when i don't use it it feels very different when like i had to show up for work which was really nice because like, i had a big consultancy client for until august i guess or until june last year um and i had to show up two or three days a week and it felt good in many many ways but it also I could notice after, after a while, I would get very antsy, like, even though maybe I wouldn't like go travel and now I have done that. But even though I might not have, it's just that feeling that somebody else kind of can decide that I have to show up or like expect me to show up. Or I don't know that as soon as I know that I don't have to, I feel better in the situation. I get less rebellious. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can do better work for, so even in that consultancy, like it was very flexible because if it'd been a little less flexible, like I would have stayed a lot shorter Um, because, and it's like weird that I, but some of us have that, right? We, so even if you don't use it, you might still, if you end up in a regular job, you might uh, miss it even though you didn't use it because you know, you could, right. You know that you have the power to do it, but then sometimes maybe you don't like you want to work or it's like, but, but it's like, you know, it, you know, you could. And, and for me, it kind of that, like, yeah, I never became a digital nomad, but I knew I could. And that felt good. And then when that suddenly wasn't a possibility anymore um, because like family stuff and then I like, I could feel like, okay, I've never used it. So why, why am I feeling kind of the loss of that? But I did because yeah, it was still kind of like, that. Mm. I could have, <laughs> it's not like you have to use your freedom, right? That's freedom as well. Like, I mean, <laughs> not everybody <laughs> loves to live in Bali and like have no ties anywhere and like, you know, <laughs> yeah true as well but 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 you could (laughs) like if you suddenly (laughs) got the urge you could i know this is very we need dr sherry walling who who can like work through the the messy (laughs) the messy minds of of the weird people that choose this type of freedom But over to you. I guess this is like the microconf Benedict episode, but um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a fun one so far. I, I enjoyed it so far. So,
0: um, but you were excited, and is yes. it only the sun and the spring, or is more stuff happening to make you excited?
1: Uh, Work is also exciting. Recently, um, we started working on a new sign-up flow for our user list. Um, Basically revamping how people sign up for user lists and create new accounts. Part of it is preparation for our new um, new billing setup, I guess, that we are planning with, like having multiple plans that people can choose from. Um, but also another part is just changing the flow in general, like adding a lot more, like going a little bit against the conventional wisdom of like making the sign up flow super short and like on point and just like two fields or whatever. We're going to different direction of um, adding more fields and asking a lot of questions when people sign up. Not necessarily to store them or do anything with it, but to get them into the right mindset. Basically, ask them questions. Hey, what are you planning to do with this? Like, pick out of these options. Um, do you already have an idea of what you want to do? Um, like, do you have? Are you migrating from something else or? Do you come up with everything from scratch and like trying to ask them the right questions so they start thinking about the, the right things? Um And to do that, of course, we have to change what we have today. And also I feel like on the front end, that's probably the oldest code that still is in there. Like it's basically f- five years old at this point. So it feels good to just like, rip it all out. Build <laughs> a new one. Um Jane came up with a really nice new design. Um so if you ever signed up for a user list so far I'll just like go to the sign up page. It's like super like a small card, like super narrow and tiny. And um I'm, there's not a I'm lot of space there. in there for content. <laughs> um, and the new design is a lot more like it's taking care uh, making use of the entire page is a lot more White space in there is a lot more air to breathe in a way. Feels longer, and it's overall it's much nicer. Um, and we started working on that last week, and it was one of those weeks where I didn't get anything else done because I've spent the entire week, except for Friday, where I forced myself to not go into code at all. Because the other days I was just like. In the morning, get in front of a computer, start working on it, and then in the evening realize, oh, you hadn't had lunch today, <laughs> didn't take a break. You always like, you spent the entire day in code and enjoyed it and had a good time. Um, so that was exciting with the small bad side effect of then at night laying in bed, still thinking about all of that stuff and not <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> So that's a little bit of a problem but other than that I had a good time and um So
0: you got into the flow making the new sign up flow
1: Yes we got into the flow making the sign up flow and the uh, crazy part is like we're doing it to, uh, like both Leo and our front end developer and I are basically splitting up to work on the sign up flow and I've been just focusing on billing in that part like in a way the weirdest and hardest part of all of this um, but I enjoyed it. Like I, we took the opportunity to um, change our Stripe uh, implementation to use like their latest, <laughs> their latest APIs and recommendations because we've been using stuff that is four years old and it's not quite deprecated, but it's more it's on a list of like if you absolutely want, you can use this part of the API, but. We'd recommend you better use this other part of the API. So, um, and also
0: we we do not promise this will stick stick around for yes
1: yes yes. And also this whole part is like super limited. You just can do credit cards with it, and just like what we did basically was um and this is again not sponsored by Stripe, but we're praising <laughs> Stripe once more. Um, we're changing the implementation to use payment intents, uh, to use payment intents. So it does, like the credit cards, and also all the other payment methods they support, at least in theory. Uh, We changed the UI to use the new payment element that also not only just supports cards, but Apple Pay and Google Pay and bank debits and all of that. Not that we're necessarily going to enable all of that right from the get-go, but it feels good to just like migrate everything to infrastructure that at least gives us the opportunity to do it. Or the possibility to do it. So that was a nice refactor. And then we also added um finally added um invoice previews to the app. Um so that during sign up, depending on what plan you selected and what coupon code maybe got applied to your flow and the number of users you wanna sign up, it will show you your upcoming invoice before you sign up. Because right now it's like la- it's like you're paying this base price and then something on top of that, we're not going to tell you how much. And That coupon that was applied earlier, we, we pretend we don't know about it. And in the end, you'll get an invoice about some amount, but you have no idea what it will be. So we're changing that for us to actually show you. This is what your upcoming invoice will most likely look like based on the information you shared with us. Um, and also, not for now, but in the future incorporate taxes and stuff like that. So we built that part. And as I said, it was a lot of fun. Um, I ended up getting inspired by, like, all the little niceties of the Stripe payment element with, like, the animations and stuff like that. So I built some animations in our UI and just had a good time.
0: (laughs) So now you're not using the kind of their checkout page in any way. You're using the elements so you can have full control over the... the the layout of your payment page.
1: Yes, exactly. Admittedly, <laughs> the new, like our new signup flow looks a little bit similar than like what uh, Stripe's checkout flow looks like, but we still wanted more control um, and just being able to customize it a little bit more. Um, and like with the payment elements, it wasn't that, I mean, sure it was more work than just using Stripe checkout, but, The core of it was done in a day, Um, so it's not like it was super complicated in the end. Um, Yeah, so that's what has been going on in that front. The other exciting news is that we hired another customer success manager. Actually, we're calling this one a customer success engineer. Um, And he started last week or end of the week before. I'm not entirely sure, but he's been with us for a couple of days now. And we're super excited about about him. He's actually one of our listeners, uh, and I mentioned him a couple of times. It's uh, Michael Christofides of PG Mustard who joined us part time to do, um, yeah, customer support and customer success. And I mean, one of the fun things is <laughs> one of the first support t- uh, support tickets he answered he answered basically he used information that he got from listening to this podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's awesome he came so to the london I- meetup and he just such a great great person he's, um and he mentioned talking to you about the, the the position um and i was like yeah he seems like he seems like a great fit and i like that you added the success engineer because he he's a developer as well um it's, yeah cuz he's the developer they yeah cuz he's the founder of PJ mustard that you spent like a long <laughs> time praising in one of, of one of our episodes i remember i was like this PJ mustard stuff must be good
1: <laughs> yeah it's definitely good and he's a super nice guy and helped me out in the past with a lot of stuff and i mean <laughs> He's been a listener for quite a while, and I feel like we've been training him basically for a year already, <laughs> so he knows what's going on. <laughs> so, Michael, if you're listening to this, which I know you probably will, hello, welcome to the team. We're happy to have you.
0: Say <laughs> so this is, so, this is yeah. you know, the benefits of having a podcast.
1: <laughs> Unintended side effects, yeah.
0: <laughs> Unintended side effects. So And... Also, it turns out that people that come on our podcast get funded.
1: Oh yes, Marie got like a big, big check recently, right? That's Lama
0: Life got a big check. I think she announced it this morning, and of course, uh, Steve told us on the show when I was going to ask about sponsorware that he got funded, um, and that seems like that. He didn't tell me that when we booked him so <laughs> i don't know at like the timeline here you get booked on our show you get funded
1: <laughs> right like if you want to get funded please reach out to us we'll have you on the show and then everything else and will just you, magically happen. <laughs>
0: it will just magically magically uh, fall into place no but that is awesome that is such a good story and we should definitely have her on in a couple of months when when that is on un- un- underway to hear about her experience um, totally Getting funded.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. That's it about uh, uh, from from me. So I guess we're done for this week.
0: See you around the interwebs.
1: See you. Bye.